Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel, and I am your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we are going to have a conversation today. Today is actually special, Jeff. Mm, uh, isn't every every day is special? Every day is special, but maybe this day is different. Okay, and different special, different special, because today is the season one finale. We've we made it. It is. It is. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, shocking. I know. I know. We've made it through one season of podcasts. I know. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah it's great. We are a thing now. Yeah, we're a thing. What kind of thing? We're not sure yet. Not sure. Uh, but we are a thing. We don't have swag yet. No, for my for 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 the podcast with my that has my name in it, <laughs> and this is weird. Yeah, for Harvest Bible Chapel to not have swag yeah, it's, because you again today are wearing yeah another Harvest swag. Yes, do it, you own anything that's? I'm sure I've asked you this before because every I, time <laughs> you come into this room, you're always wearing something that that you got from Harvest. Yes, I do own other clothing. Um. But you don't wear? Do but you feel I wear, like when you come here, you have to kind of represent the I do. Church? Yeah, of course. Like it's a, yeah. Instead a of wearing like a name tag, right? I just wear um, a shirt. It's like a uniform for It's you. like a uniform, right? Exactly. Like some, yeah. Sintas <laughs> or whatever that well, is. Well, I've just you, kind of made it a thing now on, on Tuesdays when we do our podcast. I just have to make sure that I wear a different piece of harvest gear. And we'll just see how long it goes. Yeah, that's good. How many do I have? <laughs> That's okay. I'll let you know when you repeat one. Perfect. I did the first three podcasts, I yeah, think. Yeah, you wore the same so, shirt. So forgive me, please. Um, those who, who are listening have no idea what we're talking about, but those watching on YouTube do. And so make sure you subscribe and like. <laughs> oh, Maybe, if you want to. Um, we enjoy you watching us and our facial expressions as we talk to each yeah. other. And uh, wow, so we are, when this comes out, it'll be right after Christmas. Okay. And so what is the best Christmas gift that you've ever received? And what is the worst Christmas gift that you've ever received? Um, the best Christmas gift I ever received uh, was the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. That is such <laughs> a good answer. Him. Second to him. Second to him. Uh, one year... I received a car. Yeah. So I shared a car when I first turned 16. So I shared a car with my sister, which of course didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that Christmas, my parents went and bought this. It was, I mean, it was not the greatest car, but it was, it was a white 1985 uh, Mazda 626. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it was a stick shift. Yes. And I did not know how to do that yet. Yep. But it was a stick shift white. But they send me on this weird hunt for it. Okay. Like the gift came in a sock. Yes. Inside a, a several boxes. Those are and the best And then I got gifts. inside in this sock and inside the sock was a key. Yeah. Like a car key? Or yeah, like yeah. A, a car key. Okay. And I was like, what? And they said, well, you're going to have to walk around the neighborhood and find out. So... In 1985, yeah, probably yeah. didn't have the... Did they have the electronic? No, no, no. Yeah, so just you just key. had to try to... So I was going around the neighborhood into people's like driveways and trying out the key <laughs> on their car. And there were, some of them were sitting inside their... their uh, you know, having their Christmas in their pajamas. Yeah. And they would see this me walk up, <laughs> look in the window, and try my key on their car. That's unbelievable. It was very funny. Where uh, was eventually, it? I, yeah, it was eventually it was down down the end of we, had, we lived in a cul-de-sac at the end of the cul-de-sac in these other people's uh, these other people's house. But I had walked seriously. I had walked around the block several times to try to find wow. it. So I tried that key on good 15, 20 cars. Wow. Yeah. That's, at, at the end, <laughs> my parents were like, "Oh, you just." Maybe it's closer to our house, Jeff. Yes. Wouldn't you think we would make it closer to that? Because yes. I kept walking further away. Oh my goodness! So that was, but that was great. That's right? a great Christmas yeah, gift. That's a great Christmas gift. Yeah. My okay, worst Christmas gift. Worst. One year, my sister gave me a potted plant. Wow. Real and, or fake? No, it was a real one. Okay. Uh, it's an awful Christmas gift because number <laughs> one, I'm a I'm a boy. Yeah. And number two, <laughs> she knew that thing was dead in a week. Right. Right? Right. Like, who's going to do, who's going to take care of the plant? And which one was, I think it was like 17. 
Who gives a 17-year-old a potted plant? Do you think it was one of those things where when someone forgets to get you a gift? I think she, yeah, no, totally. stop I, at Jewel Osco. And she's like, what do I get? What do I get? Uh, oh, a, pot, a, plant. a potted plant <laughs> for my 17-year-old brother. He'll love it. Yes. Jeez. Is she older or younger than you? Older, six years older. Well, we'll get into that I a little I think she later. was sort of like trying to troll me at that point, though, yes. like. You, you're hard to buy for, so. Here's so a, here's a plant. Here's a potted plant. And it was dead. Like very, I don't know. I don't, I never watered it. Did it make it to New Year's? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, it might, it might have made it just past wow. New Year's, but it was dead. It was well and truly dead in January. That's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of New Year's, a lot of people are taking this week to look forward to New Year's. We had some thoughts about New Year's on an earlier podcast. But what do you think about the, the, the thought that it's a useless holiday? Yes, that, that thought and how, um, you know, thinking that you're not allowed to gather for it now. That's yeah. Because of because of COVID. COVID knows it's New Year's and it comes out of its shell and attacks. It does. That's the <laughs> I've heard that <laughs> the experts. It parties that. too, man. Uh, it parties too. <laughs> and uh, and so what do you but what do you think about New Year's resolutions? Oh, yeah. What do you think about those? Well, I don't really make them. You don't? No. I don't. Never? Or I used to. Okay. Years ago, I used to make New Year's resolutions, but the only reason I made them was because it kind of felt like you were supposed to. Right. And then I realized how consistent, consistently I failed at all those New Year's resolutions that it got to the point where you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't think I want to put myself in the position to be let down by myself again. Yeah, it just starts hurting more totally. and more. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's yeah. incredible. So sometimes what I'll do, though, is I might do the same thing as a New Year's resolution, but I'll do it before New Year's. Right. So then it doesn't feel like a New Year's resolution. It's like, Take no, that. no, no, I did this last year, too. Yeah, we don't like New Year's. We're not going to celebrate New Year's. <laughs> when I used to live in the West Coast, right, My we used to always, uh, at 9 o'clock, I'd watch the ball fall, you know, in right. New York, and that was good enough for me. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, we're done. That's right, yeah, right. because you guys would have been way behind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nine, nine nine p.m. was uh, was that was New, New Year's. Year's. New Year's enough, anyway. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't even have to stay up till midnight. Oh, never. No. That's amazing. No. That's incredible. Well, uh, we have a conversation today, and it's a special one because it is our season finale. And if you guys remember all the way back to our first episode, our first conversation was with me. Yeah, it was with you. And now the last conversation of season one is going to be with you. <gasps> Wow. Am I going to have to do like that schizophrenic interviewing myself? No, yeah. So, Jeff. So, Jeff, I'm going to interview you. All right. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll switch seats. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens. But we're going to get into all of that after the break. So, let's get into it. All right, welcome back. Here we are with Dr. Jeff Bucknam. We're going to be having a conversation with you because everyone has a story. And are you nervous? No. Perfect. No. You've mentioned a lot of like mini stories within your sermons and even when we kind of just talk amongst each other. Yeah, they're all fake. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that today. Yeah. We're going to find out what's real, what's not, and we're going to hear your whole story. Yeah. And so uh, let's start. At the beginning. Well, if, if if you're watching, you've noticed that we have now switched chairs. Mm. And so... It's a very different view from over here. It is, yeah, it's so different. Much more intimidating. Yeah. I, well, I'm the boss now. And uh, <laughs> so you have to answer all of my questions. Okay, where you go. Here we go. You, uh, how was... Okay, take us all the way back. To all the way back. Child Dr. Jeff Bucky Buck. Baby, baby, <laughs> baby <doctor>. Jeff. <laughs> baby Baby Jeff. <clears throat> yeah. And and so did you grow up in a Christian home? How how was that? Uh, kind of. Okay. Yeah. I mean Christian in name, I would I would say. But not in but practice? Like, well, kind of. Like cultural Christian. Okay. Explain that a little bit. What uh, is cultural Christian means that you you uh are I, I mean, you go to church because I was, I grew up, I was born in 1972. Okay. So when you're in the seventies in the Seattle, in the Seattle area, I was born in Boston actually. Okay. And then when I was two years old, I moved to Seattle. My dad got a job, 
at this, uh, he's, he was a, what's called a geotechnical engineer. It's kind of civil engineering. And so he got a job on the West Coast after having grown up and lived in the Boston area his whole life. Wow. My mom is Canadian. Hear what I did there, mom? Mom? Uh, she was Canadian. She was from Prince Edward Island, which is where Anne of Green Gables was filmed. Do you know Anne of Green Gables? I have heard of it. I You've not watched it? I, no, I have not. Should oh. I? This Sherry's in the room. She's, she's seen Anne of Green Gables. <gasps> Sherry said no. Wow. She's the only woman I've ever met who hasn't, hasn't seen, seen Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables is a Canadian uh, institution. It is like uh, Lucy Maud Montgomery wrote these books. And anyway, there's a movie <clears throat> you can watch, Anne of Green Gables, and it, uh, there's a scene where Anne is running onto a beach. That's called Cavendish. Okay. That's where my parents met. At that beach? Yeah. My dad drove from Boston, Massachusetts, up to uh, Canada, up to Prince Edward Island uh, in the summer. And I asked him when, he was, when I was younger, why? And he's like, well, we just had, you know, like vacation and we just wanted to go somewhere. But come to find out he was on the beach every day. <laughs> he and like two of his buddies just looking for chicks. Yeah. Like the whole, that was all he did. That's what he, was, he drove to Canada to find a, find a Canadian girl. Wow. And he found my mom. Yes. So on, it worked. On that beach. <laughs> That's crazy. So then they got married like the next day. <laughs> they, you got, they got married. They got married and then they... uh then they moved to the States. They moved to Boston. My dad kept doing what he was doing. Um, actually, he was in Illinois doing his uh, his uh, doctorate years oh, wow. yeah, with my mom in uh, Champaign-Urbana. What was he Is doing? Is it Champaign-Urbana or just Champaign? Yeah. Um, the University of Illinois. Champaign-Urbana? I've heard it, I've anyway, heard it both University ways. Illinois. I've heard it both ways. But yeah, he, he did his, his doctorate there. And then he yeah. uh, moved back. He was teaching at... Um, university there he went to tufts university and then he was teaching there for a while and i think he taught at a few other places and he was teaching civil engineering yeah big wig stuff wow um and then he got invited to be a part of a uh to to basically i think kind of run the a branch of a uh, civil engineering firm in washington state in seattle so it's like all the way across the country yes literally and my dad had the courage to say yeah We'll give it a go. Wow. Never been, I mean, hadn't been there. Didn't know anything about it. <laughs> but we went. And I, I, it's one of my first memories, actually, is flying. I know, isn't that weird? Like, yeah. two years old. And I remember I remember flying across the country in this massive airplane. And I remember because my sister was throwing up. Okay. That's, like, the first memory I have. Is your my sister, sister throwing, throwing up? up on the aisle of okay. the airplane. <laughs> okay. And so, how many, so we, how yeah. many siblings do you have? I have two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. One... one uh, is six years older than I am. Okay. She lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now. It's a great place. And uh, with her husband, and uh, he's actually a professor as well. She's a veterinarian. Okay. And my other sister, who's who's adopted, actually that's the weird thing. My parents didn't think they could have another child after my uh, my oldest sister, and so they adopted my next oldest sister a year before they had had me. Oh wow. Yeah. So. I was like, surprise, surprise, it's me, a boy. That's right. <laughs> Deal with this. Yes. It was just waiting till you got all settled. Yes. And then I ruined it. I'm ruining everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I saw two older sisters and and me and my sister, oh, my next older sister and I are like 11 months apart. Okay. Yeah. So, so they very, adopted her like pretty much as, yeah, a, yeah, as yeah. a baby. And very, yeah, we fought all the time when we were kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I love her. Yes. She, um, so anyway, moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And that's what I remember growing up in the Seattle area. Yeah. The suburbs of Seattle, uh, towns like Redmond, Bellevue, Issaquah. Those okay. are the three cities or towns that I lived in. What would that be like here in Chicago? Give people a picture. Uh, well, Redmond, you guys should all know. There is very f- several famous things in Redmond, Washington. Mm-hmm. Do you know? No. You don't. I don't. There's a little company called Microsoft. Oh, okay. That is based in Redmond, Washington. Okay. And a little company called Nintendo. Yeah, of America. That is yeah. F- based in Redmond, Washington. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Redmond's, yeah, that big wig. It's kind and of Bellevue's like the- Bellevue's like that too. And yeah. Bellevue's sort of up 
a little upper upper crusty. Upper crusty. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like Bellevue. If you go to Bellevue today, you're yeah. like, oh, I live in Bellevue. So Redmond is like the Silicon Valley of the yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the okay. whole the, the whole Microsoft campus is there. That's incredible. And then uh, Issaquah was kind of on the edge of the city, but it was still kind of quaint. Okay. Spot. I don't. I don't know what you say. Say. Like Crystal Lake's a little bit like Isquah would be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But out in the mountains and stuff. Yeah. There's a little bit more elevation change. Yeah. yeah. Not as flat. Yeah. So I grew up there uh, in a family that went to church sometimes. I guess most weekends they go to church. And as I got a little bit older, we'd get involved in some of the midweek stuff. But it was uh, the midweek stuff that we went to was in, a, in this Lutheran church. Always mainline churches. Mainline meaning like, hey, Jesus is great. Uh, you should like him and do exactly what he does. Yes. So your life will be better if you do that. But not a lot of gospel. Okay. Meaning that not a lot of like Jesus died for you and, and, and it, you know, uh, you can't fulfill the law on your behalf, hit, you know, on your own. You right. need Jesus to fulfill it on your, that kind of stuff. Never, never kind of atonement talk like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so what changed then? My pastor used to, uh, he used to, the one sermon I ever remember the pastor of this little Lutheran church preaching that I went to, went to uh, was when he actually put on a clown makeup while he was preaching the sermon. Amazing. Yeah. Which is really my viewpoints of pastors. Yeah. It was. They, they were clowns. They were clowns. Yes. Yeah. I but they wore, they, and they wore a lot of khaki. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, Cargo, too. Oh, you just, know, you got to have pockets. <laughs> got to keep your mini New Testament loved, in there. They loved their khaki mm -hmm. and a little cardigan sweaters yeah, with Mr. Rogers ties yep. and... You know, boring, long, horrible sermons. <laughs> and my sister and I used to play tic-tac-toe or count the ceiling tiles. Or yeah. When we got older, tried to throw pencils and make them stick in the ceiling tiles. Wow. What, um, we were not good. We were not good. Do you remember the illustration that he was going nah, for with the... Just you just the, remember the clown just makeup? Just the clown. <laughs> I do remember at that church, though, one point... Oh, maybe it was another Lutheran church. I think it was another Lutheran church. They ended up... The youth guy ended up having to line me my sister and another person up like six feet apart in chairs. It was like pre, it was like COVID before COVID. Yeah. Right. They lined us up and went one, like were lecturing us of how bad we had been. So you were those kids. Yeah. Oh, we, oh yeah. yeah. We were not. I, I know them well. I care. Yeah. <laughs> as a youth pastor. Time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you go from being kind of the, you know, the uninterested, almost yeah. rebellious. Oh, I didn't want to have anything to do with, uh, with Christianity, no, I, yeah, I was really not interested in it uh, for a very short period of time. It was, I, you know, going to church and stuff just seemed a little bit dry and dull. And I mean, I was only in middle school at the time, but I was like, in the moment I can get out of this, I'm not, I'm yeah. not doing it anymore. Right. Yeah. And so you were in middle school during this, this time. Yeah. So then what, what changed as you... You know what? Into, at the end did of anything middle, change? It? Yeah, yeah. In the end of middle school, uh, I was going to this school, and there was uh, at a friend, several good friends. And one day, I went to school, and one of my friends was spreading really horrible rumors about me, and the whole school kind of, dude, talk about canceled. Yeah, that was like it. I, I keep. I thank God today. I thank God today that I was not today because it it would have been online and I you know, I yeah. probably would have killed myself or something. Yeah. But yeah, a bunch of rumors that they were spreading, which weren't true. But I was so overwhelmed with, like, shock. I went home yeah. that day when I found out these rumors. I went home. And, of course, everybody said, oh, it must be true, right? Because mm. he went home. And then I was alone. Like, I was a kid who was sitting in the, in, the, um, in the cafeteria at the end of the table. Nobody would sit by mm. at all. Having gone from being, having lots of friends to being, like, a pariah. So, like, when these rumors came out, it kind of changed. Yeah. Change everything. Your social structure. Oh, yeah. Nobody would want to have anything to do with me. Wow. And so uh, I ended up moving from schools, but that was like the moment in my life where I realized I don't have anybody at all or anything at all. Mm. I'd been to Christian camp. Okay. So when I was young, I prayed a prayer to Christian camp, right? And I, I remember the moment when I, when I did it. But you know how Christian camp goes. You go for a weekend and then you yeah. go away and then, or a week and then you go away and it's you go back top. to your mainline church yeah. and then you come back and then you go. So yeah. it, I was a, I was a camp Christian, I yeah. guess. But 
did not like church, didn't want to be involved in church very much um, until this happened. Okay. Right. And I remember, of course, the prayer that I prayed that I did believe it. Yeah. I just, it was the first time maybe in my life where I realized that the only one I have is, is God. And I grabbed my Bible and, and would started reading it every day Wow! <laughs> just because I didn't have anybody. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so we, I ended up changing schools, uh, the next year going to another school in another area. Cause my parents moved. Is this still in middle school? Uh, I was in now grade nine or sorry. Yeah. 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 But it was freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Basically a freshman school that mentored another school and. Yeah, and then I ended up, ended up getting involved with this guy who is a who was a. Um, I went to a different church that a friend of mine we we kept talking about going to because the pastor was a football player, former oh, yes. football player, yeah. and I showed up to his youth group because he ran the youth group too, and I showed up to the youth group and I walked through the door and seriously he he pointed right at right at my face, <laughs> and he said, "You're coming, you coming this weekend to the." whatever it was called teen jamboree or which I think is what it was called teen jamboree. Yeah. Back in the, those days, back yeah. in the eighties and nineties, you named stuff like that. Yeah, you of know, course. Teen funbury. Yeah. Type, Jubilee. You know. So, and I was like, uh, and he's, he's huge. He's like six two, two sixty. Yeah. Like black man. And I had grown up with just only white people in my whole life. And yeah. this guy points and he's former football player, just cut. Yeah point at you you're like yes sir yeah whatever you say i will do that <laughs> so i did i went with them to that and then and then he invited me to come to the, his house with a bunch of other high school kids and start he called the discipleship group and yeah it was amazing yeah that's really how i started following christ is uh, through sorrow and difficulty and loneliness followed up by god placing in my life this this delightful mentor who ended up Take me under his wing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Now, did you then start playing football because you wanted... No. It's terrible. <laughs> did you play any sports in high school? But you know what? Listen, the, I'd go on Monday nights, and the, we would have from like 7.30 till whatever, 9.30 or 10, we would be at his house, and we'd go through books of the Bible, and we'd talk about all sorts of stuff. But from 5.30 to 7.30, he had a, um, he had a group of men, like 20 or 30 men that would meet there, and like... Five of them were Seahawks. Oh, wow. Okay. So we used to get there early. <laughs> yes, right. And hang out with these Seahawks. That's incredible. Which was amazing yeah. for us and got to know a few of them pretty well. Uh, and they were great. They're great people. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. They used to buy extra Kentucky Fried Chicken wings for us. That's, yes. Yeah. Because they would eat dinner all together and yes. then a couple of the guys would be like, yeah, I bought this for you. You know? That's so kind of them. Wings. Wings. I mean, that's like the, that's like a high schooler's dream. It is. Can you imagine that? No. Like I get to go over to the house of a former <laughs> yes. NFL player and yeah. hang out for several minutes talking and hanging out with uh, other NFL players. They leave, and then I get to hang out with these a group of five, six, seven guys um, going through the Bible. Yeah. Here's crazy. Out of those five, six, seven guys, there's like six. I think six of the seven are in full-time ministry. Really? As yeah, pastors? crazy. Yeah. Wow. Like Real, I mean, pastors in one of the guys, and it was pastoring in the in uh, London for a while. And my other friend, uh, who's still a really good friend of mine, he's he's pastoring in um, in uh, Bellevue, Washington, just on the east side of Seattle. Right. Me here. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, what a little little note. If you ever want to be in ministry and really have a significant impact in the lives of people, yeah. uh, gather a group of whoever around you. Uh, you know, younger younger guys yeah. around you, if you're a guy, and just build into their lives, you'd be shocked at what the Lord does with that. I mean, yeah, yeah. and he did, and he did. Yeah. I mean, that's like, crazy, what, a, crazy, what an impact. Crazy story, which I'll, I'll ha listen, this is my life, so you're going to hear these stories and sermons again, but yes. like, um, uh, crazy story, years, years, years later, when I was, I went to, was a pastor up in Canada, and my church had grown, and right and, you know, going to be one of the largest churches in, in, in the country. And uh, I went back to the church where my mentor and it was in Seattle area. Uh, and I showed up at the door of the church. And he was, they still met in high school. And I walked into the door and I didn't know if he was going to recognize me. And he stopped and he looked at me and goes, 
Jeff Buckner, you know, <laughs> like gave me a big hug and all that kind of stuff. And he asked what I was doing. And I told him that God had put me in this church. And I mean, told him all the other places that I'd been and yeah. that God had placed me in this church. And the Lord had done a great work, you know, had grown it and these kind of things. Anyway, he had to go preach a sermon. So he goes up in front and he was the kind of guy who before the service, he'd walk down the aisles and just say hello to every, like, like with a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd walk down the aisles and Hey, how talk, are you doing? Yeah, talk about <laughs> stuff. Just like the first 10 minutes of the service was him just, just hamming it up, enjoying people and just say, yeah. hey, how you doing? Good stuff. Anyway, he got, he got, was walking down the aisles and anyway, I was sitting kind of in the, in the kind of back balcony. It's like our church at, at Elgin kind of goes up at the back. Yeah, right. Anyway. I was sitting back there with my wife and and uh, my two boys, and he he stopped. He looked at me and he said, "Jeff, can you stand up for a minute?" So I stood up. I mean, it's a pretty large church, right? And so he kind of stood up for a minute, and he I said, "Yeah." He goes, uh, "Let me tell you about this guy." And then he said, from his point of view, he walked in one day. I told him to come to the youth thing that weekend, uh, and then he kept showing up at my house for all you know four or five years, and ended up shooting off and. All this stuff, and he said, uh, and then he t- yeah, he came into the door today and told me about his church, and and then he he just stopped, paused for a long time, and got a little misty eyed, and yeah. said, uh, "That is the fruit of your labor, ladies and gentlemen." Mm. And uh, I was like, "Wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's it's crazy. amazing that he re- remembered all of it. Too. Oh yeah, crazy thing. Yeah. He he actually is the guy who that that church his church is the one that actually planted Mars Hill Church. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Mark Driscoll actually came to work at the church right when I left. Wow. At that church. At that church. Yeah. Okay. Oh, crazy. It's crazy how everything's kind of connected. Everything. Is everything connected. is connected. I'm like, I'm like the sun around which the planet yes. spin. <laughs> yes. It's because of you, Jeff. <laughs> anyway, so you have this amazing, I mean, wow, what a, like, what a journey that is. Yeah. To go from, like, the lowest of low to... Well, when you're a kid, when I was young, I couldn't believe, I was, it was hard for me to, to understand why the Lord would, I mean, on the one hand, I look back at it, I think, well, it was what he used to bring me into right. a real relationship, but it stung. I mean, it's it stuck with me for years, right? Fear yeah. of rejection and fear of loneliness and fear of... You know, and you, and the self-accusing thoughts of like that it's all you know your whole life is going to end because those people will turn on you and all that kind of stuff sticks with you for a lot of years. Yeah, um, and really became the source of some of my mental health stuff that I've mm-hmm. had to deal with in my life. Um, I've dealt with I don't know four or five significant depressions, and it's always those kinds of thoughts that are ones that that plague me. Yeah, the most. But you know, the Lord has used all of that. Uh, in my life, I've had to get used to being sometimes the only one who stands alone yeah. to to stand up for certain things that nobody else, <laughs> which, you know, you look at your life in the ministry that you've been in and the willingness that I probably have to go into places that are a little harder um, without having a ton of people to help. Right. Yeah. 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 It's been because of that. Yeah. yeah. It's formative. Oh, for yeah. Sure. yeah. What happens to our kids when, when we're kids is pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up going, and I played tennis in high school. You did? Okay. Big tennis player. Big tennis guy? I look like a tennis player, don't I? <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. You're so <laughs> quiet. You no, the, I, was, I played a bunch physique. of other, a bunch of other sports. Yeah, I grew up in a, like doing athletics, it, what, no matter what it was. Swimming, yeah. tennis. Uh, Activity. Basketball, baseball, everything. Not really football. Soccer. Okay. What's uh, your best sport? Tennis? Yep, racket sports. Really? Yeah. So badminton? Uh, racquetball. Racquetball. Um, squash. I played a lot of squash when I was in New What's the difference Zealand. between those two? Uh, squash has a flatter ball. Okay. Basically. Okay. Yeah. It's more played everywhere, too. Yeah. So, anyway. Wow. Yeah, I played tennis. I was the captain of our tennis team. All right. We got second in the state. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big, I was a pretty big time tennis player. Who's 12 years old, Who's your man, favorite? I, favorite oh, tennis player? Oh, uh, when I was a kid, it was Bjorn Borg. Okay. Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg. What a name. Pete Sampras. I really love Pete Sampras. Okay. I know years. that name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Bjorn Borg. Yeah. Didn't like Andre Agassi as much. I know that name too. Yeah. And Roger Federer. And then modern stuff. Yeah, he's great. I actually think he's a pretty classy dude, Yeah, Federer. So I appreciate him. Wow. But Sampras was like, if you said, oh, who's the best you ever saw? Sampras really was the best tennis player I ever saw. Wow. And do you still play? Um. Yeah, but my backhand is terrible. <laughs> 
It's so bad. And I'm like, I'm not even going to hit that anymore. You're not even going to hit the, yeah. so it's all so, forehands yeah. now. <laughs> but when I go out and play pickleball and stuff, yes, the strategy and stuff, like I dominate pickleball. Do you? Oh, yeah. Smaller be, court. I'll small. beat the snot out of people in pickleball. <laughs> we? I take, all, I take all comers. Okay. I, at one point here in the it's building, we me. had pickleball. So, really? Yeah. I'm. It's usually, if I ever play pickleball, which I don't very often, but it's usually me and it's a bunch of old people are out there. <laughs> And I love it. You just, dude, I'm telling you, you just when crush. I play, well, when I play the 75 year olds, I dominate. Yeah, <laughs> I believe you. I, I do. I'm I like the best. I like the best. Uh, so I think, I mean, that naturally, like, we should just start a pickleball ministry now. Totally. Here, here at LG, how we do it. Yeah, you, 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 you like that? You like pickleball? We should I do like a ministry. <laughs> Let's get uh, together. True youth faster. Yeah, that's right. You like that? Let's do a ministry about it. It's perfect. Oh my goodness. So then, so that was high school. Yeah. And then I ended up, I went to, um, I went to university, uh, sorry, uh, college at, uh, <laughs> you could say university. I know okay. it sounds a little bit too European. <laughs> uh, I went to college at the university of Washington my first year. And okay. that was when I dealt with one of my first big depressions mm. and, uh, I was just overwhelmed with grief for a series of reasons. And I just, I couldn't, couldn't handle it. So I ended up transferring to a smaller school called Western Washington University, which is like on the very up upper northwest corner of the entire United States, a town okay. called Bellingham, and I uh, loved it. Yeah. I really loved it. It was it you know it was smaller, it was about fifteen or twelve thousand students or something like that, and it I lived in a dorm. There weren't Greek there, there wasn't a Greek system there. Okay, so everybody kind of lived in the dorms, and uh, it yeah I met great friends, and it's where I met my wife. Uh, which yes. is a story for another day. Is it? Or yeah, is it a story totally for today, no, Jeff? This is going to last way too long if you keep asking me the question. Listen, questions. I feel like we've got a good hour here. Okay, you know? so listen. Uh, the way I met my wife. Yes, give, us the, give us the I'm going to give you the, the Cliff's Notes version. Yes. The way I met my wife is I was coming out of a shower block in the middle of my <laughs> dorm room, a dorm hall, and I had a towel around my waist, and she was in the doorway of my room, and I had to squeeze by her with only a towel on. Wow. And she was so overwhelmed with awe. Yeah, right. At the right. sheer muscles. The, t- the tennis body. That she was like, yeah. uh, and <laughs> speechless. Absolutely speechless. Yeah. And uh, from then on, I had, to, I had to beat her away like a yeah. moth to a flame. Yes. No. No, it wasn't no, like that? For, I did actually walk by her. Yes. With just a towel on, so yeah. And sh- it, was it love at first walk by? <laughs> No, I mean, my wife is amazing. And so, you know, she she was dating this guy, yeah. this other dude. Uh, That's how it always when I say starts. dating, like, like courting. They'd gone out too, and he was a, he was just a tool. Yeah, zero. Right? Yeah. Like really, really handsome, big, big guy, like big, mm-hmm. strong, muscly guy. Yeah. You know, in the gym three hours every morning. Yeah, of course. But just dumb as a rock. Yeah. And <laughs> would say stuff about, you know, like he was kind of Christian, not really. Anyway, okay. so... He was dating her for, like, he went out to on a couple dates with her. And then I, I was in his room, actually, uh, playing video games with his roommate. Of course. And he came in the door, and he was supposed to be out on some sort of date with her. And I and so his roommate goes, well, aren't you supposed to be out on a date with Jeannie? And he goes, nah, she dumped me. <laughs> and uh, I said, why? And he said, I'm not Christian enough or something like that. Yeah. No joke. I put down my controller for my video game, I stood up without a word, walked straight out the door, walked down to the stairway, went down two floors to her (laughs) floor, walked down the hall, knocked on her door. She opened the door. I stepped in and I said, good for you. Yeah. I said, I'm so tired of girls dating some boneheaded guy because he's got a, you know, a bicep. Yeah. He's got abs on his triceps. Are you? Yeah. But I'm very proud of you. I said this total silence. She did, she just sort of looked at me like, so, yeah, like, who are you? Yeah, Why right. Are you knocking on the door, and I, said, I remember there's silence, and then I said, "Well, thanks." Yeah. <laughs> so I walked well, away. She's thanks. like, "Oh no, that, thanks." Yeah. Oh my gosh, that reminds oh, well. me from a scene from a movie. It felt like a scene from yeah. a movie. Well, big gulp. Even huh? now, she See can. See you later. Yeah, when she tells the story, she's like, I didn't even know what to do. This guy walked <laughs> into my room. I mean, it is kind of like a unique, oh I God, mean. What are you doing? I was just sitting here doing my homework, and you knock somebody, yeah. knocks on the door and says, good for you, you yeah. dumped that bonehead. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that takes boldness, though, uh, from you yes. to do that. Because you guys didn't know each other very no. well at the time. No, not at all. You took your shot, though. I did. It was like a first shot, though. Like Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to we ended up getting to know each other. There's a whole bunch of other stories involved in this, but yeah, the we ended up getting to know each other through, yeah, over a couple of years. And uh, I was I was only 21 years old when we got married. She was 20. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to get married forever. Wow. I, had to, I had to go save the world. Right? Yeah, right. Of course. And but I, you know, you met her in college, and I ended up uh, having like six months left to, to do my degree. Afterwards, I became a youth pastor out in Eastern Washington State with Let's her go. Fa- with her father-in-law as my f- oh with, sorry with her father as my boss. Yeah, so she's a PK. Yeah, and she uh, she transferred to that to means gra- pastor's kid. Yeah, by to the graduate way. from a, a school called Washington State University. Yeah, and that was my first foray into kind of official ministry. That's awesome. Yeah. Being a youth pastor. Yeah, two years in, I ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> it does tend to happen. Yeah, well, I went to a capernay school for like three months. Yeah, for explain that I, a little bit. Uh, I just decided that I, I, you know, when I was in college, I was like, uh, I had some friends who were like, "Hey, we're gonna go for three months to Austria. You want to come?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yes." He said, "Well, you got to take a break from school. You got to come back and do like a summer term at at your college, but we're gonna go for these three months to Austria." And 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 I I went there. It was great. But that's pretty much between that and what Hutch uh, taught me, the my my mentor taught me. That's pretty much all I had. Yeah, wow. And um, it took me two years to run the entire gamut of all that I knew. All that you knew. I actually remember the day, thinking <laughs> seriously, thinking to the day, the day. Well, I'm done. That's like, it. Like with all the kids and my father-in-law, he went to Dallas Seminary, and he told me. I, I asked him, "What do I, like, where do I go? What do I do?" And he said, "Well." Dallas Seminary is the seminary you need to go to. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. But so I looked at like four or five of them and I am visiting Dallas. My dad was on a business trip and he, he invited me to come along to see a couple of the schools that were nearby where he was and went to Dallas and it was uh, like 110 in the middle of the yeah, summer. Right, it was right, horrible. Yeah. And yet I felt like, oh my gosh, this, this is perfect. This is like the perfect spot for me to do study. Yeah. So I did. So you and Jeannie are married at this time. Yeah. Do you have any kids yet? Nope. Okay. Went to Dallas Seminary. Was there for, I did a, a Master of Theology degree, which is a four-year degree. That's but a big I'm, one. I'm impatient, so I did in three years. <laughs> of course you did. I did. <laughs> of course you did. And then my my wife was teaching at the time, she, so she kind of put me through that. And then we moved to New Zealand, where I was a, I, I actually took a, a, a role as a, a professor. How on earth does something like that happen? Yeah. You're in Texas. Yeah. Um, finishing your degree. I needed to do a, a field education module, which is like an internship Okay. for a summer. Yeah. And the place that I was going to do it said, yeah, we can't have you. Like at the two days before I had oh, to turn the awful. thing in, they said, I'm sorry, we can't have you. It's a, our bad. We just didn't plan it. So I was having a dinner tacos with my friend, uh, Alan, his wife, Kathleen, and uh, they were Kiwis, New Zealanders. Oh, okay. And he said, oh, you want to come and do yours with me? I said, wait. He said, I'm going, to, yeah, I'm going to be in, in New Zealand for the summer, and we'll, we'll, you'll do that. Wow. And I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyway, he said, well, just wait. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a call when I get back to my house. So we finished our tacos. They went back to their house, their little con, their little sorry apartment, which is just around the corner from ours. Dumpiest apartments ever. I lived yeah. in like see cockroaches everywhere. Mm, but delicious. he called, he called me like twenty minutes later and said, "Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good, mate." And I, I was like, "Really?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's all good." So that's what that's how it happened. Just like that. Yeah. Are you a spontaneous guy? No, because it well, seems kind like of, it but, seems like but you my are. My wife was like, we were sort of like, what and if you knew. New Zealanders, that's what they do, though. That's how it works. It's all matter oh, of fact. Oh, talk to my friend. He'll be good. So, yeah, they, he talked to his mate, and we went over to, to, to New Zealand, where we were. It's in the middle of winter there during the American summer. So okay. it was cold. Actually cold? Yeah, cold. Okay. Yeah, really cold. But I taught at this little school, and I fell in love with teaching. Yeah. At, you know, teaching in the classroom. What were you and, teaching? Oh, all sorts of stuff. Just all sorts of stuff. Uh, from seminary that I learned from seminary and yeah. loved it. Absolutely loved it and said, that's what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be a teacher. I'm going to teach. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be pastor. Yeah. Right. That's like the worst thing. Cause you had to wear the khakis, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I don't be, how, how is that different from a teacher? Do teachers don't no, wear... No, no, no. See, yeah. if you're a professor, people call you doctor. Yeah, right. Su mm. Such and such. Mm. And when they ask you on an airplane, like where... <laughs> what do you do? You're like, oh, I'm a professor. I'm a professor. And they're like, Ooh, Ooh. doesn't matter if you're wearing khakis at that point. Professor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're a pastor, yeah, you wear the khakis and you hug your coffee. Yeah. And you yeah, talk what about is this, your this move right here. Yeah. You yeah. talk about your feelings to everybody. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh my god. How did you feel about that? Yeah. And I'm I'm not that. Guy. You're not a feely guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to be a professor, and so I I ended up. I ended up getting, a, so that school that I, I worked at, they were what they call amalgamating with another school. Basically, okay. they were forming a new school in the city of Auckland, and they said, do you want to come and be, be teach with us? And when I graduated, and I did. Wow. Yeah. Made absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and went, went there and taught for a couple of years. It was a crazy, crazy experience in the city of Auckland for two years. But I kept it. Was that happened, a big city in New Zealand? Yeah, it's about a, at that point, one and a half million people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it's a big beautiful. city. Um, well, and, and for those people who don't know, like Lord of the Rings, if if anyone mm. is a nerd and likes that, like me, yeah. that's where they filmed yeah, all of it. a majority, if not all of the, the movie was in those sweeping, beautiful... Yeah, that's in the South Island, a lot of that. The North Island, Auckland's called the City of Sails because it's right on a beautiful harbor and there's a gulf called the Hauraki Gulf and there's some islands out in the middle. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. If you ever get a chance to go... You, sh you should go. Yeah. Although I don't know if they're ever going to open. So <laughs> yeah, right. You might want to wait. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, might be a couple years. But we love, I loved living there. The thing is though, is I started, I was teaching at a school, but you know, there's a lot of churches around that are like, they needed somebody to preach on the weekends. And so For sure. they asked me and then somebody else said, oh, he's, he's pretty good. And so they asked another, asked me and another. Asked. So I was doing this kind of itinerant ministry on weekends, going to different churches. Wow. With little ones. Bigger ones, all yeah. sorts of stuff. What is my sermon? What is the state of Christianity in in New Zealand? Oh, not post Christian. Post Christian, right? Like po post like when I moved back to Canada, I would say Canada is more Christian than the New Zealand was okay. in terms of like we. I I ended up taking a position uh, as a as a teaching pastor in the South Island of New Zealand after going through this weird coming back to the U S and applying to a ton of schools, sure. churches and stuff. And they all saying no. And then the Lord leading kind of us back to New Zealand. And I took this position in the South Island of New Zealand. And, uh, we, I, our church town about, I don't know, Nelson and Richmond, the towns I was in was uh, 80, 85,000 people. Yeah. Uh, there, there would have been, I could have counted on one hand, the number of churches that I would have said were gospel oh, wow. churches. Yeah. 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 So post Christian. What what are some of the and how long did you stay in New Zealand for? How so many years two years that? in Auckland and five years in Nelson. Okay, so a pretty good amount yeah, of seven years. Did you pick up on the accent? Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. My wife is great. She hit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kiwis mumble a bit more. So Australians, they open their mouths a lot, mate. Yeah, wow. You have that down. No, that's how you have to, you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and they eat the fish and chips. Yes. That's how they say their eyes. There's always fish and yeah. chips. Right? <laughs> um, whereas Kiwis, they, they are sort of mumbling everything, right? Yeah. What are you, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So that's oh, how you can tell yeah, the difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No. No. That's how they say no. 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 Yeah, oh, so, yeah, so in New Zealand, you can always tell in New Zealand because it just it sounds a little mumblier. Okay, but and the Australians are always out there a bit more. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, that's a knife. <laughs> that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. Yeah. Um. Wow. Sorry for uh, offending everyone with that. Uh. With so my when I was there, a lot of everybody, <laughs> I I I could do the Australian accent really easily. Right. So immersed it, in the culture, people would often say to me, "You, oh, you from you from Oz." Okay. Ozzy. No, yeah. Oz. I say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you spent a big chunk of time yeah. in New Zealand. Loved it. Is that where um, so you I, guys had I was, kids? Yeah, I was given two of my boys. One was in Auckland and the other one was in Nelson. And okay. and they're, so they're tri-citizens. Yeah. Yeah. New Zealand, Canadian, and American. That's all crazy. Three, all three passports. So <laughs> I... I 
loved I loved it there, and I really got that's really where I cut my teeth preaching. Yeah, right. Like because you were youth pastor for two years. Yeah, youth, youth pastor for two years, and then I was like uh, seminary, and then I had two years of teaching and itinerant ministry. Okay, and then I became the teaching pastor of this church for five years. Wow. And it was funny because I when I between those two times between the teaching. In Auckland, the two years teaching Auckland, the five years teaching pastor, we came back to the United States. In fact, I remember interviewing a church in Chicago in Wheaton. Okay. Yeah. But there were like 73 churches that I applied to, and it was always like for a, a teaching or preaching kind of work. Sure. And, you know, when you're 28, 29 years old, they're like, nah. no, no, we're young. not giving you any chance. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. not, not, not. But in New Zealand, they were like, yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you really you cut your teeth preaching and you yep. learn how to communicate with people. And so, yeah, but after five years of God, it, it, we just, it's a long way away. It is. You've had very you long little way. kids and yeah. uh, we had a few miscarriages. And so my wife was, she, she just, you know, we had, uh, our last one was a bit hard. And she just, I remember she was just crying on the bed one day and said, I want to go home. Yeah. And I think that really, uh, that was the end for me. I just was like, uh, I can't, I don't, we either were going to stay there for a very long time. Or we're going to come back. And yeah. so we decided that uh, we would, I don't know, it was really in a, in, in a moment of weakness. I got on the internet and I looked at for a, like at one of those websites to look for a place yeah. near the northwestern part of the United States. Because that's where like her within parents driving, are. Yeah, within yeah. driving distance of the northwestern part of the United States. And there was a church in a, a, a town called Abbotsford, British Columbia. Okay. And I had to look it up on a map because I knew uh, BC. I knew where British Columbia was sure. just north of. Yeah, totally. But me I too. Abbotsford, I absolutely I was like, know I British don't know, but I didn't know where Abbotsford was. So I'm just like on the outskirts of Vancouver. Yes. And I was like, all right, that's close enough. Like go across the border. It's probably, I don't know, 45 minutes an hour away from yeah. her parents. So that's, that's close enough. So anyway, it was a young adults pastor position and I sent an, uh, I sent a resume and my, my wife, I remember coming out and saying to my wife, saying to my, I always sent a resume to this church in, in Canada. And she said, she was like, what? <laughs> like, you did, whatever. They're not going to. So anyway, like two days later, they contacted me and wow. said, Hey, we really interested in your resume. I got talked to the guy for 45 minutes yeah. on the phone. And then I got another phone call and then typical Northview, which is the church. They, they were like, you, can you come up here next week? I was like, yeah. next week. Yeah. I said, do you, you guys know where New Zealand is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take me all week to get it's there. It's a long way away, and it's kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, no, 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 just, just come up. Wow. And when I went there, I didn't really want to do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of a large church, and it's similar kind of to Harvest Situation now, right? Yeah. Coming off the back of some difficult moments. Yeah. And, and the pastor was, uh, you know, he'd gotten sick, mm. and the elder board had resigned, mm. uh, and they had just fired the interim guy, the, the guy who oh, wow. was interim, and then he was supposed to replace him, and they had fired him a few months earlier, and I was yeah. like, Ey. but I, at that point, I was like, I, listen, I just, I just need to go back to the United States and get, or somewhere, somewhere in North America to get our feet settled. I was planning on doing maybe a doctoral study somewhere. Yeah. Um, Chicago again, in fact, I had had some arrangements made with uh, with a guy at Wheaton to do oh, a doctorate with him. Um, and so I, I uh, yeah, we ended up going back. Yeah. And I was a young adults pastor for like 17, 18 months. Wow. And you weren't a young adults pastor in New Zealand, right? You no, were like, was, well, I kind of, I did, did a lot of leadership development with the young sure. adults, right? Okay. And a lot of teaching. So when I showed up there, they didn't have a lead pastor yeah. in, in Canada. And <laughs> so I show up and I start preaching and which is what I did. I yep. started preaching, and um, I was doing. I was preaching twice a month as the youth, as the young adult pastor. So every week as young adult pastor, and then I was preaching twice a month. I was preaching a lot, man. Yeah, that's. And they didn't have a lead pastor, and they kept looking for people. T years took them years. Yes, and nobody wanted to do it because of the, because it was kind of a, a, a difficult dumpster fire. Yeah, right. And anyway, they eventually came to me and said, so. Would you want to interview for this role? As and lead I, teach? Yeah, yeah, as a lead pastor. Lead and I pastor. said, I sure. <laughs> I said, you do know, though, like if this doesn't work out, I'm, I'm not going to stay. I mean, we weren't going to stay anyway. We were only going to be mm. there for three years. It really was not the, 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 
the vibe of the church wasn't really our thing at the time. It yeah. was just not, it was kind of seeker sensitive, which is no, it's, it's fine. It's just that, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, let's just study what this Bible says. And yes. Here's the passage and yes. let me explain it to you. Anyway, so they, they ended up saying, uh, I say that they got collectively drunk and hired me <laughs> because in some ways I look back and I think to myself, I have no idea how to this that they ever hired me to be the pastor of that church. Yeah. I have no idea. You were I just, there for. I just think it's very funny. Even the the search committee. I know the people in the search committee here now. I'm like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think you guys were just tired. Yes, and they did, and th- so they ended up hiring me. And uh, you know, God's God was kind, very kind in in you know, clearing out some people who didn't like me. Yes. and bringing along people who were like, I'm on board with this. And uh, my belief was always that the church needed to transition to being a church that had kind of a my belief has always been that you can be a a theologically rich uh biblically faithful church that is really culturally competent yeah do, do you know that can speak the language of the culture yes. that can do ministry that reaches the needs of the culture and yet still be really faithful to the bible i just yeah. don't see why those two things are mutually exclusive and right. so that's our the idea was always let's let's do that yeah and so in a post-Christian setting, it was probably the right kind of thing because, you know, in a post-Christian setting, people aren't, people aren't just going to show up to the church because you have a light show. For sure. Because they're like, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to go to light shows anywhere. I, yeah. I need to know what, the, what this church teaches or what you guys believe about the meaning of life and the world. And yes. Who's Jesus and, right, the trouble I'm having at my, in my life with these things. and how, So... We just addressed a lot of that stuff yeah. kind of head on. Like and right away? Yeah. Well, you know, over time, I just, yeah. my, my thing was like, we just preached the Bible and whenever there a passage comes up and it includes stuff to talk about, about issues like slavery or, or, um, you know, gender issues yeah. or, um, you know, oh, universalism or anything, anything. Sure. We just say, oh, well, this is something that's in the culture. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Cultural piece and. You know, over I, I was the I was the lead pastor for thirteen years. Yeah, uh, and the young adults for two. Okay, uh, or yeah, close to two. Anyway, I and I, God just grew the church and grew it and grew it and grew it. Yeah, grew it and grew it. And you know, after a while, it just we we was a little bit stunned <laughs> at all of it. Um, I. I'm the last person I would ever have thought to be a megachurch <laughs> pastor. Oh, yeah. Like I'm the last person. How how did that? I mean, how did that unfold? So I mean, you like did. I'm the guy who doesn't like like pastor coffee cups huggers. Like, yes. like I'm not. <laughs> even now, I think to myself, "Oh my gosh, I'm just not." How is it? Yeah, I'm not the arm around the side. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, not the side hug kind of guy. <laughs> well, I you know I I, I just not. It's yeah. just not. Yeah. Anyway. So how different was it going from being a young adults pastor to jumping in? And I mean, the church was a pretty big size when you came into it, right? You know, it was about, I can't remember what it was. It was, I think, I think we had about 16, 1700 people yeah. at the church at that time. It had dwindled down uh, from, I don't think, I think there were about 3000 people at one point, but sure. it dwindled down in the time that they'd had all this trouble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, Yeah. And then by the end of it, Lord, I mean, we had, we had, I, I don't know, right before COVID hit, we had about 6,000 people attending. And then wow. we had, you know, and then on COVID we started because people, you know, people felt like they could kind of be involved in other churches. Sure. Uh, we just had this, you know, our, our media ministry just went really big yeah. in Canada. We had lots of people watching from all over the place. And, and like I said, dude, I'm, I, I'm not. <laughs> you said to me, "Hey, Jeff, you go, you go watch that the, that guy, the Jeff." And I'd be like, yeah, nah, "Nah, you shouldn't do that." Yeah, he's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> but I, yeah, the Lord's just kind of done that in my life. But I got, to, I got tired. Yeah, and by tired, I, I just there was a lot that went on. It was great. I and I kind of thought, well, either either I'm going to continue down this path for a long time, and I'd committed myself to be there for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, I was planning on, we were going to build a building and do all this, you know, everything. We were going to do it. And then COVID hit. I was struggling prior to COVID hitting with the future. And I just committed myself to it. The church had the night before COVID shut everything down. We had passed a building plan. Mm. So I was in. Yeah. Going to be there for the rest of my ministry days. Yeah. 
COVID hit, shut everything down. And I don't know what, I, I just started to think, right, so either either there's going to change, either, either I'm going to change now or get through COVID and see what we do. And I just started wondering if I had the in, the interest mm. in in doing the same thing. I'd I'd seen this renewal of this church, and yeah. I'd seen God act in this really cool way. And then, you know, a friend pointed out Harvest, mm. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, now that that would be really cool to see a ministry like that uh, revitalized." Yeah after all of the difficulty and challenges that they'd, they'd been through. I'd been through something very similar in the last church, and I felt like I, you know, when you when you take on a church at 34, 35 that way, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But when you're 48, 49, you're like, oh, actually, like, I, I, I've been here before. Yeah. Do you know? And God's I, uniquely equipped you. Right. And through, so through it, your story, the yeah. more I heard about the church, the more I, you know, so I sent a resume off. Yeah, I remember it well. Did you? <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I sent it. I, well, I sent this resume off and I, I was, you know, you guys had a, uh, some search group mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. My wife was laughing at the time. She's yeah. like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. And I keep te- now I'm, she's, whenever I say stuff like, hey, I've thought about it. She's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Because yeah, now she knows she's that she's going get in trouble. But <laughs> yeah. And every time I talk to the search committee, I really loved, to, I loved talking to them and I found them just really engaging people. You were on the search committee. Yeah, we like talking to you too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Don't know if we made that obvious or not. No, not always. <laughs> but it was. It, I I liked. I just like. I felt like we got along, and I I yeah. felt like there was a real heart. I lo- I actually really came to love heart the heart of harvest before I got here yeah. in the sense that you just I just felt like you guys had been through a really hard providence. Yeah. Over the last little while, you know, like somebody who's gone through a lot of difficult moments, for whatever reasons. Yeah. Do you know? Uh. And you were kind of, I don't know, a little bit bruised mm-hmm. and a little bloody over the eye yeah. on the side of the road. And you just need, I, I don't know, I just kept feeling like, I don't. I told my wife repeatedly, I don't know if I can turn away from something like that. I feel like there's a Bible passage about that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. But it was hard. Yeah. You know, eventually, you know. For sure. Giving, 16, because that's part of the yeah. problem. You spend all this time at this other church and you give up all, you know, you're, you have all these friends and you yeah. have all the... You know, everything was great. It was great. Yeah. There was nothing really bad yeah. at all about it. Right. Other people were like, why would you? When I, well, when yeah, I you've told them that I was leaving, up. they were like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Especially yeah. to go to a difficult, you know, it's like one thing. Yeah. Was it not hard enough here? <laughs> yeah. And yet that's the funny thing about me is I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. You get one life to live. Yeah. And if you, you know. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yes. Or what the what did the kids used to say? Hashtag YOLO. Yeah, you only so. live once. Yeah, and I I also realized too that I th- I think I think that God has given me a special uh, set of experiences and gifts that can Lord willing be a help. Yeah. to to the church here. And I hope I hope they will be and I hope they are. Um I love sorry, you're not even asking questions now. It's fine. No, just, no, just keep going. Of conscious. You, you, <laughs> we're used to this, you know. No. No. Now, I, I, my hope is that it's going to turn out to be a, a great blessing. And my, my view of ministry like ministries like this is that would, even if it doesn't, like if, if I give my best for the period of time the Lord has me here and I'm able to help the church re- recover or revitalize in however much direction I can, you know, yeah, then that's my contribution to yeah. it. And somebody else will come and they'll, they'll you know, they'll build yeah. the next phase yeah and and that's okay to don't hear me as saying i want to leave yes yeah, don't I come here don't hear that no i come to harvest <laughs> with fully intent i told my wife this is that like i want i would like this to be the last ministry i do yeah uh like at least last ministry i do in any kind of like leadership earnest way yeah. and so i'm here for as long as i as long as i can be yeah um but again you when you go into these things people kept saying you know you're gonna go there it's gonna be horrible because all this stuff's gonna you know whatever media and tweeting and all you know sure and i've just kind of been like well it doesn't really matter i've been tweeted about before and i've been i've had me you know it's it's okay i'm okay like i said bringing this all the way back when you're a little kid and you have to sit all alone in the corner of the lunchroom yeah it toughens your skin a little bit to realize that you don't actually that god will god will care for you 
even in the hardest moments. Yes. And, uh, and, and often you look back at those hardest moments and you realize that it's only because of them that you're able to do the stuff you're able to do yeah. now. So yeah, it's really wonderful. thankful I'm here though. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. A lot of us are, all of us are. And, uh, I said a lot and all. I meant all, I don't think all <laughs> we're just going to say all. Yeah. And, uh, and so quickly before we Get to if you don't like me, by the way, you have Tommy to blame because yeah. he was on the search committee. He could have made a difference. <laughs> he could have made a, a difference. I, you had every chance. To I had every no chance. Son. Tell me, it was the moment that I showed you my bike yeah, on the Zoom did. call that you were like, this is the place, right? Of course, right? Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Well, I, I listen, I, I came and visited here and I spent... Uh, <laughs> some time with all the young leaders here, like yeah. the, the number of them from vertical worship and others. And I, that was really kind of the clincher in my mind, a yeah. clincher in terms of like, right. So like I came here kind of for, for a vision. My, my, my goal at my old church was we got to the point where we were, I kept telling them, listen, I just think that God has placed us in a position in Canada to be a, an engine for church planning and leadership development. Yes. I don't, I, we, we had young people all around. We had some colleges around. We had just like, I, I just kept thinking we have finance. Yeah. Like what is the Lord is so invested in that church. I kept telling him, so I feel like we've got the engine of a Ferrari in this church <laughs> and I'd make jokes like, and I sometimes feel like we drive it like a golf cart. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, but I want to, we should just, drive it like a Ferrari yeah. and what would happen if we actually started to push forward and try to make differences in church planning and stuff. And that was the direction we were heading in really yeah. excited about it. Like so excited about it. That's, I mean, other people were getting on board too. When I left the church, they, some guy, he died and he gave $10 million to my old church. Wow. And I, I, uh, I totally, I've already talked to them about a finder's fee, but they weren't interested. <laughs> sure. Sure. But I came to Harvest because I could see uh, the wonderful ministry design by those who'd gone before me here. Like it's it's a remarkable guts to this place with lots of vision and lots of yeah foundations that are just delightful and amazing. Yeah, I keep saying it was like a listing listing luxury liner, <laughs> and uh, I kept thinking, man, if you like, if you could. If, if Northview's a Ferrari, then this thing is like a jet. <laughs> Do you know? What if you could rub the engine of that jet? What if you could actually point it in the direction that it actually already wanted to go mm. and was going? Yeah. Church planting and developing leaders and stuff. What if you could get there and you could get people to have confidence in, in, the, the, in the leadership and the future and people were just in, on board with the vision of, of both the church and seeing, you know, seeing the fruit of that kind of, you know, giving away, sending ministry. Yeah. I just kept thinking, man, the impact could be huge. Unthinkable. Yeah. And then you wouldn't just have one church that has this vision. You'd have two yeah. churches that, so you had a Ferrari and a jet. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe in the process, others, other jets and other yeah. Maseratis would come along and go, maybe we've been driving our Maserati like a golf cart. Sure. And maybe we should unleash it a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know. And you're already... These are the dreams. Yeah, well, the vision's <laughs> already starting here. We've got the leadership development yeah. starting in the new year, which yeah. is so exciting. Yeah. And uh, you guys are already revving the engine a little bit and getting people excited. I know yeah. I, for one, am super excited about yeah. it. It's going to be fun. And, uh, well, it so, has been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. And it will be fun. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. We're excited. By the way, somebody asked a question the other day yeah. about what the vision. Somebody asked me, "What's your vision? What's the strategic vision for the podcast?" Yeah. Uh, so here's my strategic vision <laughs> for the podcast. Us. Give it to us. I just think that most of the stories we hear are about the bigwig people. Yeah. And I think everybody has a story to tell yes. about God's providence and grace in their lives. And the more we tell the stories, the more we're encouraged that people, if God works in the lives of people like me. He can absolutely and does work in your life too. And if you stop and you tell tell your own story over a microphone, you would see at the end of it that God has done something so great yeah. in your life. Even though it's been full of pain and heartache and stuff, when you take a step back and you see God's providence over your whole life, you've realized how gracious he's been. Yeah. And I just think that edifies people a lot. Big time. Yeah. Me too. Well, uh, Jeff, thank you yeah, man. for having a conversation. Absolutely. I feel like should we end it with the lightning round? You do oh, yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go. <clears throat> All right, here comes the lightning round. 
Uh, first question is, what video game were you playing in your dorm room that night? NHL 94. Okay. On what system? Is that the Super Nintendo? Uh, no, no, no. That was on the Sega Genesis. Okay, big time. Uh, what is your favorite video game of all time? Halo. On the... Probably Halo 2. On the Xbox? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Big Master Chief fan? I do. Big fan. Okay. New one coming out. I've pled for it for my for my birth for Christmas. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go. All right. So duly noted. Let's video game. Uh, favorite uh, sport to watch? Oh, by the way, there's one video game that oh, I did used to yeah. play called uh, Destroy All Humans. With the aliens? With the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the brains out of all the people. Oh, <laughs> yes. it was so much fun. It's a classic one. I really like that one. <laughs> Just a video game, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite sports team to watch? Oh, dear. Arsenal. Yeah. Okay, so favorite Arsenal, sport to yeah. watch then would be soccer or football. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, it's uh, Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, they, they, yeah, rip my heart out repeatedly. I cheer <laughs> for teams that have that habit. Like all you Bears fans. Yeah, I'm you, not me. Yeah, the Bears fans get there. Oh, really? You're a Packers fan. Yeah, no, you, you know. Shot, I'm not a Packers you, fan. You know all about it. I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, yeah, you know all about it. I know all about it. All about it. What uh, what is your favorite food to eat? Oh, if you could eat anything, pizza. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, deep dish? Ah, uh, yeah. Really? Sure. Okay, and then and, what is? No, nope, other pizza too. Yep. Okay, so you no matter what it, style. Yeah, yep. Doesn't yep. matter as long as it doesn't have the weird broccoli and cauliflower on it. I'm in anchovies. What? Uh, what is your favorite Chicago pizza place? Well, uh, so I like Lou Malnati's better than Giordano's. Okay. Same. But I went to this place called Giorgio's a week or so ago. Yeah. Right? And I loved it. It's good. Like, I really, really loved it. Their thin crust is unreal. Yeah. I loved it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. There's no, yeah. There's so many more, too, that yeah, you still have several to, explore. to try. Yeah. Yeah. Oh one of the big draws here. Yeah. My wife is not a big fan of the Italian beef, though. Okay. That's tough because that's well, one of the she staples. Thinks that she doesn't understand, like, the soggy bread thing. Oh, the au jus. She's like, why, yeah. why, why does it have to have the soggy bread? <laughs> why does it, why? Just, you could get it without. No, I don't know if you can. I, I think there, there's some places that'll, that'll help you with that. All right. Um, maybe it'll be a better experience. Who knows? What's your favorite thing about Chicago so far? Well, I'm supposed to say the people. Yeah. Yeah. But what is it? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like moving to the suburbs of a major city is in many ways returning back to where I'm from. Mm. That's where I grew up. Yeah, that's yeah, and so I've I've really really enjoyed the access to a major city, the suburban life, the neighborhoods, the yeah, all of that, all of it. Yeah, it's yeah. been great. It's I like really a, really love Chicago. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's a bit of a full circle. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. I'm I'm drawing blanks now. Sorry, that might not have been a super fast. No, it was round. pretty good. It was all right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, uh, thank you for being here and having a conversation and sharing your story. My and, pleasure. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. And uh, we'll see you in season two. Yeah, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.